Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hotline Monday. It's the 2nd of May. It's gotta be May. It's me, Scott Johnson, him, Justin Robert Young, and we're bringing it to you. Those of you who had Scott makes the first NSYNC reference, uh, uh, <laughs> please collect your money. Take a drink. Uh, it's not the first one I've heard today, though. A lot of people invoking the just or the uh, Justin Timberlake, it's got to be May uh, yeah, reference. Yeah. That's definitely a big, uh, a big, a big, a big meme, a big May meme. Yeah, it, it speaks to the the point at which Justin Timberlake has arrived in our popular culture. Is that when he got here? Do you think that was it? The I gotta be me moment, or do you think it was something before that? It, it, it just it's it's fun to talk about Justin Timberlake in reference to NSYNC because he has gone on to do other stuff. Oh, gotcha. Right. Yeah. He was he was but a child then. But a simple, but a, but a simple, sweet summer child, and yeah. yet now a, a powerful, virile man. Did you see the movie with him where he had the the codes on your arms and it depended on your uh, part of social class? Oh, I didn't see that, but it was by the writer of Gattaca, which was so uh, disappointing when I heard it was crap that like uh, that the Gattaca can be so good and that could have been so bad. That was disappointing. It's a terrible, terrible film, and and I really feel bad about it because when you he's a fine actor. Killian Murphy's a great actor. Cillian Killian, I don't know how you say it. Yeah. Plenty of good people in that movie. Really cool concept. You only lived about twenty seven, and the more time you get, depends on who you know. Like it's great social commentary, but whew, like a big it's wet turd. Those, like, but I, isn't it kind of? almost too on the nose social commentary. Hmm. Like there's always like that fine line where you don't necessarily want to be George Romero where it's like, Oh, I'm doing a, uh, my, here's my commentary on capitalism. Zombies march through a mall while <laughs> flaming money falls down. And you're like, <laughs> okay, maybe we're, maybe we're just a little on the nose. And that's what I kind of felt like with that, where it's like, like, Oh, get it, get it. This is about the divide between the rich and the poor. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, no, I do. I, I get it in a poster. You can make it a, 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 it's a brilliant painting. It is less good as a feature film, which brings us to one of our main topics today. Oh, I'm excited. Look at this transition. That's our sound for transitions. Go. That, that is the official. Whenever you have a good point on this show, Scott's going to hit the great point sounder. Uh, this is, uh, I want to go see Keanu this weekend. Okay, so you're not saying you didn't go to like a Keanu Reeves film festival. No. Okay, you saw a film named Keanu uh, yeah. by Ke Kevin or Kay and Kim Kim and Peeps. What what are their names? No, listen. If you if you actually mess up their names more than once, you're racist. So <laughs> Kevin K. Got your one. Key and Peel. Key and Key Peel. And no, there's no Kevin. There's no Kevin. Peel. Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peel. All right. uh, very very popular with their sketch comedy show on Comedy Central. Yeah. Uh, brilliant writers uh, have very much broken through to the mainstream feature film debut for them as a pair and uh, man kind of underwhelming. Oh, no, it was it was a movie that I feel everybody, even when you read the reviews, everybody wants to like this movie more than the movie allows them to like it. And part of it is that it suffers from what many sketch comedy films suffer from and and this we're going to classify it as not necessarily movies that are sketch comedy but rather feature films by sketch comedy groups okay well, so done something before right then went on to make a movie so uh let's go ahead and uh, uh and put in there kids in the hall the state saturday night live mr show chris rock show reno 911 monty python 
In fact, there's one on here that I won't list, but I want to see if people come up with that I feel might be the best of all of them. Mm. But it, it's just, it's too stretched. It's, it, 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 like, there's a premise here and it's funny. And, and it would have been a pretty funny four-minute sketch. It would have been a funny 10-minute sketch to have two nerdy guys from suburbia uh, uh, put on these personas as super hood gangsters so they can get back their their adorable cat. But by the time that they play a George Michael song for the 90th time, you're just like, man, you really don't have any other gears, do you? <laughs> like, it would have been funny to have the one guy be obsessed with George Michael. But now we're like, it's again, again. And here's another time where we play George Michael. And here's another, you know, big gigantic set piece that involves George Michael. And guess what's going to happen in the final big climactic action scene? George Michael's going to be in the background for almost no reason. And it, 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 was, it, was, it was frustrating to me, but it, it, it brought back all these memories of some of my favorite sketch comedy groups that have gone on to do movies and how often they are disappointing. So I was curious to see if anybody listening has thoughts on this. Favorite sketch comedy group uh, movies? Uh, ones that uh, have disappointed you? What do you think about Keanu? We're going to try to keep it a little bit spoiler-free uh, as much as we can, but give us a call, as always, at 801-895-4724. I've had a bunch of people ask, uh, you know, when we record this live, it is always on Monday, that's in the title, so if you didn't pick up on that, it's your problem. Uh, but 2 o'clock West Coast, 5 o'clock East Coast, so uh, we are looking to be an East Coast drive time call-in show. Yeah, if we are not already that, we're looking, we're aiming to be that. Now, I'm the, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is, the problem, is the problem with sketch comedy turned to film purely that it's a short form medium turned into this two hour thing or hour and a half in most cases. Is it purely the time thing? In other words, is it possible to take what was popular because it was four minutes long and everyone talked about it on Monday around the water cooler and isn't it great that he lives in a van down by the river, but we're kind of glad that Chris Farley never made a movie about uh, that same character in, an, in a 90 minute format because you've extended things too long. Yeah, although he certainly has starred in his share of, of sketch comedy uh, group uh, movies. You know, he has a, a, a role in uh, Wayne's World and uh, a bunch of those, that era of uh, SNL cast that went on to make movies based on characters. I think it's partly that, but there are a few other things that I'll get to. Caller, what do you think? Um, hi, this is Ashley calling from Monterey. Hello, Ashley. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Wait, this isn't the Ashley we know, is it? This isn't the Ashley. It's a different answer. No. Oh, okay, good. Well, I've been called many things, but <laughs> I was I was I was thinking maybe his wife was punking him, but that's not what's happening. You're a different Ashley. Hi, Ashley. I'm a different Ashley. I was the one that brought up the last unicorn last time. Oh, right. <laughs> that's why your voice is familiar. So I was having two two brain things fire at once. That all makes sense. Uh, what's uh, so what's your take on this whole sketch comedy to movie thing? Um. Well, I didn't really hear what you guys said. Okay, so here's the deal. Let's say let's say just let's just for example say. The back in the day, there was a little uh, four-minute bit on a Saturday Night Live called the Coneheads. Okay, and in the Coneheads, you got you got Dan and his big cone head, and Jane, what's her name? Can't think of her name. Jane Austen, Jane Curtin, Jane Curtin, 
And then you got the kids with their heads and the stuff. And anyway, they're like, oh, this is great. They're like aliens. They've come to Earth and it's so weird here. And they really like beer and they drink like a whole six pack at once. (laughs) This is pretty good. And then they turn around some years later. Speaking of Chris Farley, isn't that too? Decades later, for whatever reason. (laughs) Decades later, there is a full blown Coneheads movie. So I guess we're asking you and people like you. Do you have any examples of that kind of film where it worked for you, where that's actually a, where it's better? Wayne's World, whatever it may be, where you think that the longer format benefited it, or is my theory correct that none of these are all that great? Well, uh, I think they are a product of their times because I grew up watching Saturday Night Live and I love the skits and I actually own the Coneheads movie and Wayne's World on VHS. Oh my. So for me, I think it worked. I think it was a style of comedy that people could appreciate. And I think at the end of the day, people just wanted to laugh at something. And I think those movies at that time were executed pretty well. All right. Nowadays, so, yeah. so, I don't know. Not so much today. All right. So I'm going to, Justin, the person, uh, thanks for the call, by the way, the person who liked The Last Unicorn, shockingly, is a big fan of Coneheads. Well, I mean, Conan's is a problematic movie. Wayne's World's obviously the better of the two. Wayne's World is undeniably good and and amazing and did so much for not only Mike Myers, but also Dana Carvey. Uh, I I think that brings us to the other side of this, which is the SNL way of doing things is find characters that are popular Mm -hmm. and make a movie about them. So you've seen this a lot in in some of the other... uh, some of the other movies that are, that are on this list that I compiled here. Run, Ronnie, Run from Mr. Show, a popular character, Ronnie Dobbs from Mr. Show. They make a feature-length a feature length film out of it. Pootie Tang from The Chris Rock Show, popular sketch. Now it's a movie. Reno 911 just did a full movie uh, based on that, and, and you can I've actually split out here Reno 911 from the state, despite the fact that they are basically the same group of people. Uh, so th- that is another interesting way to look at it, is are these better when you are taking actors that you like in the sketch comedy groups and doing a movie like they did in Keanu, Keanu does not feature any characters from Key and Peele, or do you want to see a character that you've laughed really, really hard for four minutes, you know, dominate your screen for an hour and a half? Mm, that's a really good question. Let's ask this listener. Hi, who's this? Hey, this is Ryan. Ryan. Hey man, nice to have you here. What's, uh, what's your take on this sketch comedy to film business? So uh, I'm a little behind, but I just want to make sure you guys haven't brought up Blues Brothers because it is the number one answer of a long-form version that that is better than the short-form version. Ah, okay. No, this is a good pick. It's been ages since I've seen it, but yeah. I didn't hear. hear. What did he say? He said Blues Brothers. He thinks that. So you would call that textbook example, would you, Ryan? Well, so the I would say that's the most successful. Uh, Obviously, it helps that they had a superstar cast. Yeah. There's no way they could make that movie now because they couldn't afford it. But well, it's a good point. Right now, I when, would say when you and when you say so, most successful is a is a relative term. I think what he means is most successfully pulled off. Like maybe they nailed it the most. Here's a here's a new two hour format. We took a sketch and a music act and turned it into something big, long, and reasonably entertaining, and maybe the best of the bunch. I, I would actually argue there may be some better, but I, I get his point. Um, and very much the Blues Brothers retained some of the feel. Of, of that sketch that was inherently unique. The idea that the Blues Brothers were these, you know, uh, odd characters, but essentially they made a music movie out of it. Mm-hmm. Like it was a, a, a movie for which the music was central to the, to the uh, creation of it. It was central to the theme of it. 
And, uh, and that was something that was great. And listen, you are dead right that you cannot make the Blues Brothers right now. Go ahead and ask Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> it's a piece of poop. Hot nope. garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Hot, greasy poop was that. Hi, listener. You're on the air. Who's this? This is Leggy McStotts from Columbus, Ohio. Guys. Hey, How are you doing? This hey, week? man. Good. Um, how's Columbus this fine time of year? Well, you know, I hate to, to pick on Ashley every time she talks about the last unicorn, but, you know, it's still not a good movie. Um, <laughs> Why not? Uh, what's, know, what do you think about this really. stuff? Yeah. Listen, uh, 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 caller, hold on for two seconds. This is something that I told to Scott, and I was very, very excited about the idea that we could create a a an ecosystem of callers that would be regulars to this show, and eventually we would just get these kind of cross sections. And I, I for any sports fans, I, I want I had the idea that this could just be the Paul Feinbaum show, where ultimately it would just be us being quiet while callers called in and yelled at each other, and I assume that our first big on-air fight is going to be when we put you and Ashley on the phone at the same time, and you can just go have it out about the last unicorn. Oh my gosh, I love that idea. A little hey, grudge I'm, match. I'm, I'm down. I leave work Monday every day early so I could uh, <laughs> listen to you guys and call it. Oh, so good, I'm, I'm man. Ready. We're honored. Uh, so what's your, what's your feeling on the whole idea of taking a dinky sketch and making it big again? You know, I mean, I've seen, I think, all of them. <laughs> I feel like, you know, and it, it's it's weird because I feel like sometimes it could work. I like Blues Brothers. Um, I kind of even liked the sequel, which wasn't that good. Um, Brain Candy, which is the Kids in the Hall movie, I love that. Everything Monty Python, I love. But I feel like Justin's right that if it's a group of people who work together, then make a movie not with characters, it works better. So I think um, Monty Python's a great example of that, right? There aren't really, from what I can pick out from Flying Circus, uh, there aren't really reoccurring characters. Um, that, yeah, that's um, totally true. And another good example of that, a good example of that would be like, um, oh, the state with, uh, mo and it's not all of the people in the state, but the state people are primarily responsible for Wet Hot, Hot American Americans. Summer. Wet Hot American Summer yeah. and, and the 10 would be the ones that pretty much work in every uh, member of the state cast. Yeah, which is great. Like, I'm, 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 I'm kind of with him on that, if you can take those people. But the problem is what you're talking about is a cast. SNL is not a a cast necessarily well that, it is it is a franchise for sure is multiple and infinite casts right that's like, true but the state was like here's this short-lived show on mtv those guys went on to make another thing it wasn't the state presents this other thing this no. is like we're talking about like the snl stuff is like lauren michaels produced blah, 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 and here's all these people that you only know from snl and they're all from these different eras of snl and they're varying degrees of quality to these to these movies it seems like we are we are kind of figuring out a few ways that you can go if you are a successful enough sketch comedy group. Yeah. That is, you can either make a feature film that is just a film using your characters and actors, right? And so that would be like Night at the Roxbury, sure. Wayne World, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Make a feature film that doesn't feature the characters that you've created. That's like Wet Hot American Summer. Or you can follow in the footsteps, and I'm so glad that uh, the caller brought this up, of Kids in the Hall and Monty Python and actually do almost the harder thing to pull off, which is a full sketch comedy movie wherein your film goes between uh, these, these almost bite-sized and oftentimes eventually concurrent uh, sketch comedy storylines. Mm. Yeah, I, I, am, uh, I completely agree. We've got another caller here. Probably has a thought or two on this. Who's this? Hello? 
Well, we lost him. All right. That happens once in a while. It's fine. Keep calling if you don't get in. That is not a problem. All right. How about a, how about one of these sketches that never got a movie? And I'll and I'll throw one out for you. Oh, oh you think a, a, a sketch that deserved a movie? That deserved a movie but didn't get one. Oh, I'll hold it because there's this caller again. Hi, you're, uh, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, hi. This is Hi, man. Hey, Justin, Scott. Hey, man. Hi, um, man. Hi. Yeah, um, I, I disagree with the last part. I think all things unicorn are awesome, especially the last one. <laughs> uh, but uh, Wait, so you're telling me the last... The last unicorn is the best one. The last one is the best one, is what you're saying. Sure, sure. No, um, well, we will no also I totally agree. Jaime is currently running a, a, a uh, <laughs> fundraising campaign for Toots the Unicorn, a unicorn that farts rainbows based on however you program it. So if you are a streamer, a Twitch streamer, or something like that, you can set it where you, wherever anybody follows you, it'll fart a unicorn. Uh, far, sorry, fart a, uh, a, a rainbow on command out of... The unicorn's butt. So everybody, go check that out. Yeah. I have the URL for that. Currently on uh, Indiegogo, correct? Yes. Yes. Right. A bit.ly slash toots the unicorn. All right. But, we, uh, we don't no, listen. But, we don't even take. We don't even take like uh, full on like people advertising stuff they're doing on the show, except this because I think this oh, God, this is God, amazing. It's, it's amazing. Plus, Jaime's a stud. Plus, who doesn't want a farting unicorn? Plus, <laughs> awesome reference to the movie Last Unicorn. How it was the last. <laughs> that really got me for some reason. It grabbed my dad, my dad joke bone, and yanked it real hard. So anyway, sorry. B back to where you, where your head's at there, uh, Jaime. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a, a very good example of a, of a very funny uh, sketch, uh, but terrible, terrible movie is Pat. Oh uh, yeah, Pat I forgot. Is, is, oh my <laughs> god, I forgot that was on, or that that was even a thing. So wait, uh, Justin, did you ever did you see Pat? I have not seen the feature film. It's Pat. No. Okay, so uh, Jaime, give oh. us give us the basic plot. Let me get let me guess, and you tell me if I'm right. Uh -huh. It's it's a person who, like in the sketch, is hard to tell whether it's a man or woman because of the androgynous sort of state of the person, and the right. entire movie is about whether or not someone can find out ultimately whether Pat is male or female. Am I right? Uh, yes, but it's, it's, it's an hour and a half of that. And, and it's, it's, uh, you know, heartfelt at some point and it's just, it's just, it hits, you know, it misses the mark like, right. entirely. Well, thanks. I mean, that's an awesome call. That's a perfect example as far as I'm concerned. Uh, all right, Scott, I'm going to quiz you. All right. Go. Which sketch got a feature film? Okay. Same era of SNL. Okay. The Spartan cheerleaders. Okay. Or Mary Catherine Gallagher. Mary Catherine Gallagher. You win. Ding, 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 ding. Wait, I have a sound for that, you know, as you know. Yeah. There, I got a point. Uh, <laughs> we got another caller on the line. Who's this? This is Musical Chemist in the Ted Bull. Musical term. Chemist. We used to always call you Music Alchemist, but, I, but I've got it straight now. Uh, it's good to have you on again. Uh, what's your take on this whole thing? Um, I was just wanted to say that I think the reason that you things like Monty Python might be more successful is because I feel like those uh, actors have a better range and a better diversity of characters than people from SNL who tend to get pigeonholed in the specific roles in different movies. And I think that might be why there's a that's interesting. difference in their well, success. Yeah, and listen, that, that, that's a very, very good point. I don't know if it's on SNL or on the SNL movies to have done that because SNL's never done anything like Monty Python where they just said, hey, all right, 
we're the cast right now. Let's write a sketch comedy movie on top of what we already do and then play those kinds of characters. If they had that, it would be very, very interesting. What the SNL movies tend to be is just you know, the, the outgrowth of one character or set of characters that they then do a movie based around. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Kids in the Hall, uh, uh, Monty Python, they also have a, a bit of a, a different schedule, you know, uh, where, where they, do, hey, they're not doing anything live, so they can go shoot, you know, an entire season for four months and then shoot a movie for the other six, right? Well, and plus then- there's, a, there's plenty of examples of those, those same examples. Oh, actually, all of the examples you've used, they produce lots of stars on their own. So off this direction goes Chevy Chase. Off that direction goes Bill Murray, who didn't really have much of a sketch career in SNL per se. It was all kind of lame. He was great. I love him, but he's but you know think about it. What are the big memorable things? His lounge lizard singer guy is about only thing I can think of at the moment. But he yeah. he goes on to, to great fame and fortune as a as an actor that even turned serious for a huge chunk of his career, and, and to this day he still blows people's minds. So every one of those people you mentioned have people in them that branch out and do amazing work and do crazy cool stuff. Um, right up to the current cast, you're starting to see some of those people get jobs and do things and the Will Ferrells of the world uh, jump back and forth between serious and, and, and comedy and, and then producing and then you know run their own production studios and all this kind of stuff. So, so to me, it's, it's not so much that none of them have the range. It's just, well, what are, they, what are they known for and what gets butts in the theater? Well, what gets butts in the theater is Mary Catherine Gallagher or freaking uh, it- Night of the Roxbury or whatever. Because right, that, here, they uh, remember it. Flash, the ladies' man. Did it get a movie? Uh, ladies' man. That yes, was no. that was the uh, I can't remember his name. African American guy. Yeah. Uh, t- oh, uh, it's the lady. Uh, that guy. Yes, it did. You're right. right. All right. So far, I'm two for two yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. You're two for two. Let me let me pitch you something. Does this count as a sketch comedy movie? Okay. Is by a sketch comedy troupe, but they never had a television show. They broke out with this with this movie, Super Troopers. Oh. Broken Lizard. Now they are a group. Yep. They do all their things together. Yep. They're doing Super Troopers too right now. Yep. Uh, uh, and they and they've done other movies in between Club Dread and uh, I think the 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 Slam and Salmon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't have a TV show. Is having a TV show a prereq? For us talking about you as a sketch comedy troupe in in this particular list, because I kind of feel like it almost does, except for Broken Lizard. They were the only people I could think of that didn't have a TV show. I can't think of anyone else. I'm trying to think. I was just the name that popped in my head was uh, Julian, Ricky, and Bubbles from um, Trailer Park Boys in Canada. But that's a show again that started with a TV show. It was a fake reality show, but nonetheless, those characters yeah. existed and, and they went on to do three movies. Um, so I don't think they count. I'm trying to think of anyone else. I think Broken Lizard is it. Like, who else is it? If anyone else, because I'm sure that there are other movies that are popular for which, you know, either the majority of the cast and the creative uh, force behind it came from a sketch comedy or improv group or something like that, uh, but that aren't, like, branded. I mean, like, Broken Lizard's Super Troopers was, like, on the poster when it first came out when no one knew who the hot hell they were. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that, I never saw that. Was Is that a thing I should spend time with? Super is Troopers? It, yeah. Is it good? Oh, yeah. No, Super Troopers is... that. I mean, like, that would, on this list, like, it's going to be hard to unseat the kind of legends of, like, Life of Brian, uh, you know, Meaning of Life, Holy Grail, Brain Candy, but 
I would put Super Troopers. Super Troopers might sneak in that top five. It is it is really, really, really funny. I would also argue one aspect of this that I don't think anyone's thinking about. We all think there's been a million SNL movies. There has not been that many. There have been this many, and I will read them to you, okay? This uh-huh. is all since 1980 with the Blues Brothers, first theatrical release of any SNL-based and produced film. Wait, can I try to count them out of my head? Yeah, do it. See if I can get yep. here. I'm just going to name them and then you just see how many I, I, don't, I don't get. OK, well, uh, OK. Yeah, let's do that. All right. You know what? Everyone you get, I'll give you a I'll bing you for. So go. go. Blues Brothers. Coneheads. And which one? Coneheads? Coneheads. World. World 2. <laughs> uh, Mary Catherine Gallagher, Superstar. Uh, that one is not listed. Why? Oh, Superstar is just what it's called. <laughs> Uh, the ladies' man. Uh, yep. The Roxbury. Another Roxbury. Yep. Oh man, five, six, seven. That's all I got. I got seven. All right, Blues Brothers, two thousand. Oh, whatever. I mentioned that. I still get credit. It's there. Pat, which we talked about earlier. Okay. Wayne's World two. You already mentioned, right? You said Wayne's World two. Yeah. MacGruber is the only one you were missing. Oh, I missed MacGruber. MacGruber 20, 2010's MacGruber is what you missed. He didn't make any money. It's MacGruber. Let's <laughs> kill the careers of everybody in it. Well, and he's another guy that went on to amazing things. Like, he, he I go watch Nebraska and not be amazed by his performance. Forte is in Keanu, and he might be one of, like, the like the, the, the three funnier scenes. All right. Him. That makes me happy to hear that. All right. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Jordan from Ohio. How are you guys doing? Jordan from Ohio, another regular. What's up, man? Well, um, I just got off work. It was an insane day, and uh, so I checked Twitter, saw what you guys were talking about. So what about sketch comedies are you guys talking about right now? Movies, sketch comedies to movies. Like, um, are they ever any good? Like, Justin just saw Keanu, and it uh, wasn't necessarily based on a sketch, but it's based on a troupe who, you know, are famous for their their two-man troupe on Comedy Central, and they went on to make a movie, and he says it's kind of average to Midland. And our whole point is they always are because – Usually the jokes are based on this four minute idea. They try to stretch out to 90 minutes. So what do you, do you have one you like? Do you think it worked in? Some people have suggested blues brothers. Others have said Wayne's world. Like, where's your head at? And can it be done? See, and you know, I guess I probably just shouldn't have called in because you literally just said what I would have said. I I think that they're all kind of average. I don't think, you know, when I was a kid, I loved Wayne's world, but now that I'm older, I don't think it really holds up a whole lot. Uh, Hang up up on him. But I might agree with him. I might agree. Okay, well, hang up on it, but I may agree with him. That on this show, you do not speak ill of Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World is 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 a, is as brilliant today as it was the day that it screened. We will not tolerate such insolence about Wayne's World. All right, I would have agreed with you until I watched it again. I have these nights I call dad movie nights with the kids. We yeah. sit down and we watch what I believe to be important films, ranging from comedies to dramas to science fiction and all this stuff in between things I grew up with and so on. Yeah. We sat down and for the most part, I've had a pretty good experience across the board. The two movies that did not hold up for me and they looked at me like, I don't know, this is all that funny, dad. My son loved it, by the way. So I can't, I shouldn't exclude him. He thought it was great. Were Wayne's World and the first Bill and Ted movie. Second one fared better. But Bill and Ted one and Wayne's World both fell a little flat for us. And I don't, think i felt that way when wayne's world came out i thought it was awesome when it came out i was into it uh uh, and 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 and, uh, as much as i love uh every member of your family (laughs) i'm just gonna go ahead and chalk that up to their problem (laughs) because 
like listen if i show you a diamond and you call it a pebble that's on you like like this is this is a this is clearly a gem a cultural gem that should be treasured uh, although i will say this uh bill and ted certainly i think a little bit more i mean both are movies about dated archetypes mm -hmm. right you know uh, uh kind of on either end of like bill and ted was kind of at the beginning of like slacker culture but it was very like southern california slacker culture and like very valley girl kind of inspired uh wayne's world was sort of on the other end of it of of the suburban guy who just never gets a job uh sort of element so i, I can see where that would be something that might have lost its punch now 20 years after just a little bit yeah but i'm but but i'm and it still listen i had a good time there are moments in Wayne's World that are hilarious. Moments in Ted and uh, Bill and Ted that are kind of okay, funny. The sequel to that the, that movie though is great. By the oh, way, Bogus Journey. Yeah, Bogus well, Journey is is amazing because it gets so weird yeah. and off the beaten path, and it all the stuff up. with death and mm -hmm. and the and the minimalism of like all of a sudden it's like it becomes this deeper film. Uh, and and yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. It's really, really good. Peter, uh, yeah. Peter Fisher's on the line. What's up, Peter? Hi, I. I had you on hold while on mute while I was online, but here's one that sort of started on Saturday Night Live and sort of it, they're a group of actors, uh, Spinal Tap and uh, the Kick Folksman. You know they've oh, had oh, all those movies. A mighty, a mighty wind. So this, all right, if you are going to take the Christopher Guest group as a as as a unit and then take a just a look at all the christopher guest movies that's also well i mean i i almost feel like those are beyond sketch and into that weird improv space they that are there and they're totally improv you're right but they're the same group of i think it qualifies because it's a troop of people they may not have a name it's not like christopher guest and the idiots or something it's just well i mean they they were all pretty much would would it be like sctv there were a few of them because you had eugene levy in there and you had um somebody else in that Catherine o'hara oh yeah. right 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 yeah. and the other ladies whose name i never remember anyway yes that so there's some lineage there but i think that once they all got together and started working you could argue that that is a troop starting in tv not having a tv show and you can also look at the lineage of christopher guest was on snl uh, you can look at, you know, Eugene Levy, of course, is on SCTV. I, I, I mean, I, I would I would say this. I can certainly see where it gets mentioned. And I'm very, very glad you called in to expand the conversation. But I don't think that this is that they were doing a thing and then they were expanding it. Now, Strange Brew, Strange oh. Brew absolutely is one of them. <laughs> All right. That's way up there on my list. I forgot right. about that. Completely. Strange Brew is is there. But I mean, and listen, we'll just name these movies off in case we got some youngsters out here. That might want to uh, enlighten themselves. Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, uh, just absolute classics. Uh, mm -hmm. The 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 three of them. Just for funsies. Oh yeah, do not do not go through your life without seeing the Christopher Guest movies. All of them are great. They're yeah. all wonderful for varying degrees. Best in Show is maybe my favorite and will never die. That is one of the greatest things ever made. Fred Willard in all. Those oh my gosh, Fred Willard. Just, I I don't know. It's like people in sports talk about just like the moments when athletes just take over and yeah. no one else can do anything. Yeah. Fred Willard in all three of those movies 
is just as soon as he's on screen, he just has that kind of like these eyes that are half dead and half more alive than you could ever seek anyone. <laughs> it, it, it's just so manic and crazy. And you don't know whether or not he's listening to any other character, but he's just being brilliant. Yeah. Uh, let me pitch you this one. All right, give me one. Sub SNL did not make that SNL list. However, was done by people for whom got a much larger exposure because of it. Lonely Island. Oh. And their film Hot Rod and their new film coming out this summer, which is like their their Justin Bieber uh, biopic uh, <laughs> a mockumentary. Yeah. So Hot Rod in the Johnson house, a huge favorite. Um, kids love it. My daughter's favorite movie is she was a teenager. She dug it, man. And it was on TV all the time. And it had Al Swearingen as the dad. And yeah. it had all this stuff going on. It was genuinely funny. Bill Hader's great in it. Like everything about that movie is great. And I would say, while not a SNL production or a, you know, it's not a something based on a sketch, it certainly feels like one of those movies. And in my mind, succeeds more than most of them. It's actually quite good. You want to know who apparently, by rumor, is also a huge fan of that movie? Who? Christopher Nolan. Whoa, what? Really? Yeah, like he doesn't like a lot of movies, but apparently he loves Hot Rod. What the heck? Okay, that's, that is weird. That's a very weird thing for him to like. I'm going to give you some scores here. Here right. are the best to least well-rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes as produced as SNL movies, okay? Number one, no big shock here, the Blues Brothers, tied with Wayne's World 1, okay? okay. Yeah. Next up, we got Wayne's World 2 at 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Next up, we have... McGruber at 47. Blues Brothers 2000 at 45. Oh, God. How does Blues Brothers 2000 <laughs> rank in the, in the, within the top five? That's I don't know. It seems wrong to me. Uh, then you've got Coneheads at 33. I actually like Coneheads. I don't hate it. Stewart Saves His Family at 30. Night of the Roxbury at 11. Our list? There's that, uh, listen, these SNL movies are, 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 are splitting at the seams. Yeah. Who could forget Stuart Smalley? Yep. Uh, that one got, what's Stuart Smalley? Stuart Saves His Family, 30%. And the lowest, by far, 1994's hit epic, It's Pat. Wait, so this doesn't have Night at the Roxbury. This no, Roxbury's on there. Didn't I say that one? Oh, sorry, that one's 11%. It tied with uh, Ladies Man. So there you go. I mean, <laughs> Roxbury's funny. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's dumb and, yeah. and great and terrible. Did you touch my ass? Let me see how many reviews that is, because it may not be that many reviews. Emilio! Looks like it's a total of only 54 reviews, uh, six fresh, 48 uh, rotten, and that movie came out in the year, oh, 1998. Think of that. 98? Uh, right. Wait a minute. 98? Oh, yeah, dude. When did Will Ferrell join? I thought he was in the, I thought that was like 2000 and like 05. Oh, no, 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 no. He was out by like, oh, I mean, he was out like almost right after 9-11. So he was out around the time. So Bush was still president. When he, well, of course he was. It would have been a wait. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. All no, right. he was like, he was out doing stuff when when uh, when Bush like got reelected and everything. All right. Uh, like that, that's like, that was like funny or die era is when he was doing like Bush videos during Bush's second term. Where do you stand on, uh, where do you stand on the Reno 911 business? Do you like that show? That whole thing? There's I, no movie though, right? Show, I thought the movie was very, very funny. That was a good example of, of them just kind of taking a premise that could be stretched 
a little bit farther and 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 taking it. That's another larger cast though, where where you where you can make things kind of uh, diverse. And also, they were hiding a little bit behind the structure of that show, which is a little bit more forgiving because whenever something gets weird or awkward or stupid, you can always just kind of cut and just go to something else uh, in, in a way that you can't in a larger narrative. Uh, One of the weirder combinations of all of these groups is par uh, Party Down, which includes people from SNL, people from the Christopher Guest camp, people from um, the state, like this weird cacophony of, of, yeah, of, uh, I mean that's but the, but they didn't really do anything other than that with each other. I mean that that was that was an amazing uh, uh, an amazing show, and I love it so much. But that's I don't think that 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 can really count because they never really did anything else. Yeah, but does it get bonus points because Fred Savage directed and co-produced the whole thing? I mean, like that's then we got to give bonus points to like half the great comedies <laughs> that are out on television for the past <laughs> ten years, man. He's been he's been a great director for for a bunch. Let me let me ask you this, Pootie Tang. Where you at on Pootie Tang? Pootie Tang. Um, have uh, I seen Pootie Tang? Oh yeah, we haven't talked about like stuff that came from that show, Living Color. The the, the man too cool for words. Oh, Pootie Tang. I don't think I've seen Pootie Tang. Sign your pity on the running time. <laughs> Was hold on a minute. Was uh pet pet what's his name? Pet detective uh, Jim Carrey. Was that a character on on in Living Color or no? No, okay. no, 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 that wasn't. Hold on, let me give you, let me give you a couple, uh, a couple little. Uh, I've never Tang seen Pootie Tang, not once. By the way, you want to know who directed Pootie Tang? Who? Louis C.K. What? Shut up. For real? Shut up. For Louis real? Louis C.K. A writer uh, and working on Chris, uh, the Chris Rock show, and uh, that was his directorial debut. Was Pootie Tang? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I believe you, but it seems crazy to me. Uh, dude, uh, give, give Booty Tang a chance, man. Booty Tang, Booty Tang deserves another look by America. Right. I, I very much enjoy Booty Let's Tang. see, director, you're right. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Booty Tang. Hydra. What are all these? The Howie Mandel Sunny Skies TV series? Caesar Salad? I don't know what any of these things are, but wow, Louis C.K. doing more than I thought. All right. That's great. Hey, he is certainly, certainly a man of, of many, many, many talents. I'll take one that. more call on this and then we got to move on to other stuff. Caller, what's your thoughts? Hey, it's uh, Greg from Phoenix. Uh, I want to steer it back to the kids in the hall really quick. Yeah. Huge fan of them. I saw them live in uh, UCLA. Uh, was lurking in the movie theater and got passes and posters for that and everything. Uh, I think that was them. Uh, it's almost like they're trying to get too close to the sun and burn themselves with their concepts because they didn't do their characters specifically from the show. Mm. They did variations to a certain extent like they didn't quite have cancer boy they didn't quite have a lot of the other well-known things yeah. and i think it i think it it took middle america and really weirded them out you know a whole extended scene of scott thompson and you know homoerotic fantasies probably well what well, didn't didn't play well in ohio <laughs> how did it do in phoenix did okay in phoenix though yeah well well you know <laughs> Uh, 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 brain candy you will never hear me say anything about brain candy other than it is a brilliant piece of work uh and and listen you know uh, what's uh what uh what's dad doing yeah. uh, watching gay porn again <laughs> look i love those guys um but i also understand that that movie for them was a bit like meaning of life for monty python it's oh no, absolutely, and 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 it, it very much feels like that. It's it obviously very much inspired by it. Mm -hmm. uh, to this day, though, I'll still quote Brain Candy. The other, I forget why, 
But the one thing, and I don't know, is that even like a famous joke from the movie? It's like this throwaway at the very beginning where uh, they're at the lab talking about the, the pill that's going to change everything. And uh, they're having this very serious discussion. And all of a sudden, Dave Foley <laughs> is down the hall and he's, start, he's laughing. And everyone's like, hey, like you realize that he's not part of the group. And they're <laughs> like, hey, who are you? And he just goes, oh, me? I'm just a guy. And then just walks off. <laughs> I just love the the phrase like, "Oh me, yeah. I'm just a guy." Dave. I love I love Dave Foley. He's uh he's really interesting. I feel like we haven't had enough from him lately. In fact, we've had very little from him. Uh, all right. Well, here, do you want to uh, preview uh, Civil War? This will be our official. Civil War okay. Preview. Do you want to? Do we want to address the over under thing or where we're at or any of that? What do you no, want? I'll tell you what. I took a look at this uh, right now, and man, did we split the difference right now. Our over-under was set at uh, 95. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, we, you went under. Yep. I went over. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm winning. the optometer stands <laughs> at 94%. Yep. I call One, it, that's a win so far in my book. One percentage point under. <laughs> now, uh, I, I listened back to what we, were, what, what, what we said. Yep. And uh, we we said that we would wait until the movie came out before yeah. we officially put it in the books. But give me your sense. Do you think that this is going to go over 95% by the time that the movie comes out? All right. So the tradition of reviews on IMDb or IMDb on Rotten Tomatoes is that they will it's more likely that they will go down than up. Yes. Because your your cream of the crop with the earliest access are, is are hitting the big big publications early, and then everything else that streams in later is likely to be positive. But if there is any drop at all, it's usually in the negative because that's when your your stupid blogs and your filmmonkey.net is you know gets his review in there about how he hates superhero movies and it's all gone to crap. I, I, I would disagree. It's it's filmmonkey.blogspot.tumblr.biz. <laughs> Only comes in early because they'll file it immediately as soon as they go to see the screener. Yeah, right. that's a good point. Um, it, it's it's the 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 Washington Posts and the New York Times that actually are publishing their reviews as if they were a newspaper because they are like on the Thursday before it comes out. Right, Wednesday before it comes out. Right, uh, that's when they they normally uh, they normally hit it. Just to give you a sense. Keanu got 76%, which I think is way high. Um, Barbershop got 92. Zootopia got 98. So this would, and Jungle Book got 94. So this would have to just go a little north. I, I don't know, man. I think that you have this one wrapped up, mm. but would not shock me if, you know, a few, uh, a few larger uh, media outlets are, are just maybe even just as a protest to Batman Superman are like, no positive, go see this because it's the better crowd pleaser action blockbuster mm. of the summer. It's interesting to see Keanu, which just opened, right? Open. Yeah. The last week, 9.4 million. Uh, Jungle book did 42.4. That's uh, Jungle just- book is, is, is making a jillion dollars. Yeah. That's Jungle- real good. Is what we like to call overperforming. Did yeah. you see it yet? No, I, I was supposed to go Wednesday and stuff came up. Kids saw it. Kim saw it. They all freaking loved it. 
I'm thinking about sneaking out for a five dollar movie on Tuesday, sometime a couple hours. Current uh, box office two hundred and fifty two point one million. Is there any hype for Civil War that that we have not already said, or anything that has trickled out to you that has you more or less excited as as we walk headlong into what will probably be the biggest movie of the year for geeks? Mm. Uh, do you I have think any? This, the only thing I would say is I'm. It's uh, expectations are. We're already high. This kind of critical response always is always good. Um, I, I don't think you. A lot of people get real cynical about Rotten Tomatoes, but when I look at a number like ninety four, what that tells me is overwhelmingly it is a good movie. I, I understand that there's a lot of nuance. Everybody perceives a film differently, but the averages often are, are somewhat true. And when it's that high, there's a real good chance we're all going to like this thing. Uh, I don't know how it compares to Winter Soldier. It's probably close. I think that was in the upper 80s or early 90s when it came or uh, when it was I, reviewed. Well, yeah, here, I'm looking at some of these other ones. Uh, Avengers, yeah. 12's Avengers, 92%. Yeah. Age of Ultron, 75. Captain America, the first Avenger, 80. Mm -hmm. uh, let me uh, take a look. How about here. your Winter Soldier with the metal arm and the whatnot? Winter Soldier, 89%. So right now, this stands as the best-reviewed Marvel movie yep. uh, in, uh, in, in the world. Let me take a look at some of the other and ones. And Winter Soldier is currently my favorite Marvel movie, so this no, can I, only you know, make me I, happy. If it can go up from 94, then it will beat Iron Man. Iron Man wound up with a 94%. Iron Man uh, 272, Iron Man 379. So one tick up, it would be the best reviewed. Wow. Uh, one tick down, it would it would lose its crown to Iron Man. I and I will say this. Yeah. If this lands as a push on 95%, we both lose. <laughs> All right. Post something silly on each other's Instagrams uh, <laughs> because that's more fun than uh, nobody winning. I agree. I like that idea. If we ever land right in the middle on the, on the over under median number, I think that's what we have to do. We both take a bullet. Uh, anyway, all right. So there's that. That's coming up. That's going to be great. Did you want to? Do you want to talk about Game of Thrones? No, let's go ahead and get uh get our get our plugs out of the way, and then we will get into the spoiler. Right. We're going to spoiler a little bit, folks. So so if you want to leave now, you can. Uh, Justin, plug what you got, and then we'll move on. We'll keep going. Hey, if you are in the Bay Area, then uh, come on out to our live night attack. That is this Saturday at 4 p.m. at the Piano Fight Theater. Uh, it, it is going to be a great time. We have confirmed Ali Spagnola will be up. Uh, with us, uh, having a good time. We have so many people coming in from around the country. It is very, very flattering to hear people actually like making a little weekend of it. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm pretty nervous. But if you can make it out, we would love to see you. Live Night Attack, me, Brian Brushwood, Ali Spagnola, and special guests uh, come on out to be there for it. Well... Excellent. Uh, that sounds like a whole lot of fun. I got nothing to pimp except to say this weekend is free comic book day. We are formulating the deals that will be had on that day as well as the free comics you can get. Uh, you're going to want to go to frogpants.com slash FCBD, but you want to do it on Saturday, which is free comic book day. You'll get absolutely free, no strings attached, two prints, one from me, one from my daughter, four-year tradition that we've been doing. They'll be sent to you no matter where you live in the world. Zero connections, zero strings attached. Just get them for free. It's our way of saying thanks. So check that out this weekend. I like to pimp free things. 
and and so yeah. do you. This thing, this get together is a free thing, right? I mean, yeah, free, free, free. I mean, yeah. uh, probably to our detriment that yeah. we are not charging for. <laughs> People yeah. are like paying for plane tickets and hotels and stuff. We probably could have charged five dollars and done all right, but yeah. no, we're doing it free. Great podcasters, often terrible businessmen. Moving uh, on. Uh, oh, I'm gonna play. We got a thing. This is from last week. You may remember it. This is to say we're getting into spoilers. Watch the throne. Watch. Here's the theme song. One song. One song only. <laughs> okay, there it is. Our terrible Thrones was on last night. We now talk about watching them. Uh... Oh, I have something to say, but it doesn't matter for me. I don't want to. I don't want to make this sound like we can't talk about it. But I got. Only to about as far as the giant throwing the dude against the wall. Wait, you didn't see? I didn't get to see the very end, so I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Something big happened? Something big must have happened. You can tell me. It's totally fine for me to know. It's not a problem. I, I'm not a spoiler Nazi. I don't care. You think that would be relevant to tell me before <laughs> we were talking about doing our... <laughs> Well, no, see, you can still tell me. I, listen, I saw everything up to where he swung. Exactly. All right, so you don't know what happened in the final five minutes. No. But also, don't know that something happened in the final five no, minutes. No, all I know, no, I know that something did happen because people have been rumbling about, oh my gosh, those last few minutes, I keep hearing that, but I don't know what those are. I've stayed spoiler free, but not even on purpose. I just haven't heard. I'm okay. sure I'm, I'm going to see it. I'm going to finish it later today, but I need... I need you to t uh, to 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 tell me what happened. I'm I'm gonna ask you. What do you think happened? All right. Um. So there are a few things that could have happened. Uh, dragons come out. That's possibility number one because he so, went. Uh. Yeah. Tyrion freed. He unshackled the dragons. Unshackled the dragons. Not a euphemism. He just no. unshackled the dragons. Uh. Oh no no the the euphemistic unshackling of the dragons happened on Silicon Valley <laughs> right afterward. Holy smokes! I still haven't seen that show at all. I want to watch it. Bad. Well, if you ever want to see graphic horse sex, then uh, get get ready for last night's episode of Silicon Valley. Oh wow, great! All right, I have something to look forward to. All right, so so uh, so there's that possibility. That's number one. You're, I'm, I'm taking it from your tone. That's probably not anything to do with what happened in the last five minutes. Uh, uh, no, yeah, yeah, we we can go ahead and and knock that one off. Not uh, not what happened in the last. Few other minutes. option was, oh, I can tell you right when I got out, I had to pause it right when they, um, when what's his wildling man said, I'm gonna tell my men to get some wood, and they were gonna they're planning on burning Jon Snow. This is after yeah. they've taken the keep back and they've put everybody in the dungeon, and the 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 men of the watch and the guy that looks like my dad was everyone's safe. Mister No Fingers, can't think of his name. Uh, uh, Morass Blandfield, uh, Jim yeah. James. Vault snot, whatever his name is, that yes. guy with no fingers because he got him cut off by the king. That guy, so uh, oh, it's bugging me. I don't know it. Davos, Seaworth. Davos, thank you. So, what happens is, my guess is, yeah, they get ready to do that. There's fire involved because they're going to burn the body, okay. And so, they put Jon Snow's corpse on the fire on some fire, right? Kind of Darth Vader style, and then in comes, I'm guessing, in comes Red Lady. Who uh -huh. night before was sleeping like grandma, but now she's back to herself because she's wearing her necklace thing, right? Her magical "I look young and hot" deal. Yeah, she comes out. I, again, I haven't seen it. She comes out and says, "Ooga booga," whatever. And somehow, the fire that is to consume the body of Jon Snow and take him into the ether instead is all part of her weird red magic, fire magic, and 
brings so him back. Her, it's a magic trick. She's like, ta-da! <laughs> like, this didn't actually happen. <laughs> Is that what happened? Did, did she come out and make him come back? I really want somebody to animate your version <laughs> of the last five minutes of, of Game of Thrones. I feel like that. Yeah, tell your daughter. Just give your daughter... Give Carter this full audio and right. just say, can you please animate this? She would it's love like, to do that, by the way. She would totally do like that. That would be that that would be maybe my favorite thing on the internet. <laughs> uh Scott, yeah. you're wrong. Okay. However, you're not terribly wrong. So basically the last thing that uh that that you see is Davos comes in to the red lady's uh uh room and and he's like, Hey, remember that time that you like squirted a demon out of your cooch? Uh <laughs> Uh, right. Um, uh, let me just. Uh, hey, you got any uh, any any uh, other uh, life magic uh, up there? And I don't really necessarily mean your cooch, but like, you know, just in general, like in your life. And she's like, oh, this old thing. I can't possibly do it. The, everything that's uh, been told to me is a lie. I don't know if I really, uh, you know, I'm even a vessel for the, the red god R'hllor. Uh So they all walk in. Wait, and, uh, wait, wait. She knows she has powers, though, right? Yeah, but she's like, well, I don't even know what my powers are. I don't know what I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. All right, all right. Just it, it's just a, a whole lot of uh, terrible things have happened to me, and I don't like it. So uh, she goes in and uh, gets convinced by Davos to like try try and save John. Okay. And so she does her little like, you know, crazy like she's like trimming his beard and his hair and and washing his wounds and everything. Is she and naked while she's doing it? Not naked. She's uh, she's just kind of there, and and she's like laying her hands and and uh, saying the chants and everything, and uh, nothing happens. And okay. then one by one, they uh, they all leave the room. Davos leaves. Melisandre leaves. The wildling leader leaves. The dude that went to go get the wildlings leave, and uh, Direwolf uh, about to go when Jon Snow comes back to life. Credits. That's it. That's it. Was he just go <gasps> like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is he? Was he? Uh, do, okay. All right. This thing. I have questions. I'm gonna watch it. Obviously. I, I knew this was coming. We just didn't know when. Right. Now, when he came back, though, was he? Was he himself, or is he like? We don't know. Mm. All we know is that he he kind of has this like terrified uh, look of somebody who just like, you know, caught his breath from drowning. Okay. Okay, and so we know he's back, though. And we knew this was coming, we just didn't know when. I mean, it's like the worst-kept secret in Hollywood. Yeah, and there's, like, already... There's videos of him, uh, like, saying, like, to everybody who has already watched this episode, I would like to say I'm sorry for lying to you uh, for the past, like, four months. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, he's back. He's back. He's back. Okay, all right, that's good. By the way, yeah, might I say... That I do believe that this is the reason, because now we're starting to catch up with elements of the book that we have not, including everything that's happening on Pike and the King's Moot, which is always one of my favorite. I love uh, everything about the Iron Islands. That like might be my favorite little part. I like that stuff too. The movie, the show makes it seem um, kind of cruddy, but it's a great. There's great stuff in there in the books. I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and like I, I like how they're portrayed in 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 the in the show. But the thing I love the most about the books is that they all just look like weird gaudy pimps because mm -hmm. like the idea of having mismatched clothing and jewelry is like a sign that you've 
you know, ravaged and killed so many people because you always take, you pay the iron price, meaning you murder somebody and take something. Yep. So to have a ton of weird mismatched jewelry is like kind of a thing. Yeah, it's pretty great. But also, yeah, so so the King's Moot's there. I believe that the reason why we have not gotten, and I will, I will use code words for people who have not uh, read the books, we have not gotten a major character mm. uh, uh, making a return. Yeah. I know which one you mean. Is because they wanted to, to have the John comeback be the first time that that happens to a major character. So do you? Uh, but but you don't think that that means that we're not going to get the other one. I think that now the door is open for us to get the other. Okay, one. that's interesting. Actually, that makes a lot of sense to me that they would do it this way. That that because they want you need if as we already kind of felt like whatever he's not dead he's gonna come back that's why you put the person who can bring people back at castle black there yeah, right like yeah. that's that's why that's all happening yeah uh i feel like even if they had done the thing with the other character first then you would have it would have been that much worse to be like yeah well then why are we even how is this even a cliffhanger yeah you know? yeah, yeah yeah well i um i'm very excited uh, not only to finish the episode that we're spoiling <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i there's a t there's a tone about this season that i'm really into i can't quite uh explain and i don't know why i like it so much but there's something going on and i don't know if it's just a directorial thing or if it's a it may even just be a color thing or the use of light or something but something about this season just feels i don't know there's like a there's something deep about it yeah and um if they can maintain that uh, that'd be great i think it got a little jokey when Tyrion and uh, Baldy Boy Eunuch Man went down to the to the to see the dragons in the that crypt thing or at the bottom of the pyramid, and he's you know he just made a little too many wisecracks for my taste. Like, please don't eat me. And what was the thing on the way out? Next time, next time I have an idea like this, punch me in the face. Like yeah. it just it all that all fell a little flat for me. Oh, um, I love it. Uh, the more that I I I. I would love nothing more than Vari's interior. Not the actors, although brilliant as they are, but those characters just being in a Lethal Weapon movie. <laughs> I just want them bantering and doing bantery things. Uh, you know, really, and there that 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 scene to me felt, and I think this might be why it kind of rang a little hollow. Is that like for you that there was there is a sense of uh, of, of of an emotional weight to that scene because you know this is a kid and he and he uh, as he's talking to the dragons that you realize he he cared about all this and he cared about all this lore almost as a coping mechanism for every for being a disappointment yeah everybody yeah. and now he not only gets to be a part of this major element of history and he is at his best because he has had this experience but he gets to interact with dragons, these things that like have not existed. And now here he is mm -hmm. uh, uh, being taken to by these weapons of destruction, now fully cementing himself as, uh, you know, among the most powerful and crafty people ever to be, uh, you know, on either Essos or Westeros. Yeah, the, the least of them is becoming one of the best of them. And it's pretty fun to watch that. I also really liked all of his conversation stuff earlier when they were all sitting around deciding what to do. There's really great Tyrion moments so far this season. I just thought the jokes down there were a little bit common. That's all. Like there wasn't it didn't have the flavor of the the of the usual cleverness that he throws into his humor. Even earlier when he's like, I make the eunuch jokes, he makes the dwarf jokes. I've never made a dwarf joke. 
Yeah. Well, you're thinking one right now. Like, just there's that great back and forth that he's so good at. And down there, it was more like, whoop, 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 whoop. I don't know. It just felt a little like Three Stooges to me downstairs. Yeah, no, I, I can, I can, I can, I can see that. I, yeah. I, I can see where, and I think that that was meant to come off as him being just like extremely nervous and, and, uh, you know, as kind of a, a coping mechanism and not necessarily him, you know, uh, unleashing his rapier wit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I can, I can see which on the, because, because on the other hand, his conversation with the dragon, well, his one way conversation with the dragon and then the dragon sort of, you know, offering its neck to undo the deal and that entire, all of that down there with the torch and the quiet moments and all that stuff, really good, like yeah. super effective. And perhaps that's why these stuck out to me. I think so. I mean, I think that that would that that, that makes a lot of uh, a lot of sense to me if that was the case. Well, I'm excited one way or the other. Next week, we'll talk more about what's happening, and I will watch the entire episode before we speak. Yeah, yeah, or or just let me know. We can maybe we can figure something out. I feel like we dealt with it pretty well, though. <laughs> no, it was totally fine. <coughs> I knew we would. I had confidence. Uh, that's gonna do it, everybody. Thanks for being here and uh, hanging out with us. We are always happy to be here every Monday again, 2 p.m. That's West Coast time. That's 5 p.m. East Coast time. Your phone calls matter. 801-895-4724. Keep that number handy. Keep it in your phone. Save it. Next time we have a conversation, you're going to want to be in it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Hotline Monday. Justin R. Young and Scott Johnson for myself. You can email us hotlinemonday at gmail.com. Oh, and a reminder that uh, we are on Alpha Geek Radio as well. Every single time we record. So if you can only get us on audio and you want to take us with you and still participate in the show that way, you surely can. AlphaGeekRadio.com for details. It's going to do it for us, for me and Justin, and everyone who called in, and for sketch comedy troops everywhere. We'll see you next time. Bye, Justin. Bye, Scott. show is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program <laughs>